You are listening to ReachMD, XM233, the channel for medical professionals. What does Adam Smith's The Wealth of Nations have in common with Francis Peabody's On the Care of the Patient? And what in the world do they have to do with hospitalists? To find out, join me at the Clinician's Roundtable. I am Dr. Bill Rutenberg, your host, and with me today is Dr. Robert Wachter. Dr. Wachter is Professor and Chief of the Division of Hospital Medicine and the Associate Chairman of the Department of Medicine at the University of California, San Francisco. He is Chief of the Medical Service at UCSF Medical Center. Today we are discussing the fastest growing medical specialty in the United States, hospital medicine. Hi, Dr. Wachter, and thank you for taking the time to join us at the Clinician's Roundtable. It's my pleasure. You are the person who is given the honor, I think, of coining the phrase hospitalist. And I recently saw you on a webcast on Medscape entitled, The Hospitalist Movement 10 Years Later, Life is a Swiss Army Knife. <laughs> what did you mean by that? Well, first of all, Bill, people sometimes say that I'm the guy who invented hospitalists, and I say that's just like Al Gore inventing the Internet, that I did coin the term. But this was happening organically, really all over the country, and it was an amazing experience after my New England Journal article. The first one came out in 96. I began getting calls from a number of people around the country who said, I've been doing this for five years. I didn't know anybody else was doing it. And, and that's really when the field began growing very quickly. The Swiss Army knife analogy was when hospitalists first came into being in the mid-90s, it was largely to do inpatient internal medicine and then later inpatient pediatrics. And the roles were relatively traditional. They took care of sick patients in the hospital, handed off to them from the primary care doctors, managed their hospitalizations, and then handed the patients back to the primary care doc at the time of discharge. What's happened in the last three to five years is the field has been shown to be pluripotential, meaning that, okay, we now have this set of doctors who are in the hospital all day long, often getting some of their salary support from the hospital. So they have kind of aligned incentives with the hospital in different ways. They become the go-to people for virtually every problem that a physician can possibly fix in the hospital. So quick examples include... Many, many hospitalists now are co-managing all kinds of surgical patients. In my hospital at UCSF, we now are co-managing neurosurgery patients. We're also co-managing bone marrow transplant patients. So any place that a generalist can help a sub or super specialist manage complex patients, hospitalists are getting involved in. Hospitalists also, the field emerged at a time that the healthcare system began caring deeply about quality and safety, which is terrific. And hospitals, therefore, became the go-to people in hospitals for how do we improve the quality of care? How do we make the hospital a more reliable place? How do we improve safety and decrease errors? How do we implement our new information technology system? And then in 2003, the accreditation group for residencies decreased the number of hours that residents work. Well, all of a sudden you had this huge need for who's going to take care of patients in teaching hospitals when we can't have the residents working 120 hours a week anymore. Oh, how about have hospitalists do it? So it really feels like being a Swiss Army knife, and in many ways it's, it's nice because it's nice to be wanted, but it's a challenge for the field because it's pulled in so many different directions. You raised several interesting points there. One about aligned incentives with the hospital. Doesn't that give the hospital a lot of control, perhaps even more control than they should have over resource utilization? If I'm the doctor and I'm being compensated by the hospital and they say, hey, doc, you know, Mr. S Dr. Smith's patients, he's out half a day earlier than your patients, you have about two choices, get your patient out sooner or get another job. And I can see this in a number of other ways. Absolutely. It does carry a risk. I mean, you're talking to someone who believes that the primary goal of healthcare should be to provide the highest quality care, the safest care, the most empathic care at the lowest cost. 
and that ultimately in a healthcare system with 50 million people uninsured and with many large companies going out of business partly because of healthcare costs, the notion of trying to provide spectacular care efficiently to me does not demean the profession of medicine, but is actually quite appropriate. And so the idea that hospitalists will be on average getting 20 or 30 percent of their paycheck from the hospital in which they work, and that provides them both with the same incentive to provide efficient care, to me is at least potentially, I'm not naive about this, but at least potentially a positive thing, that we both have an interest, we the hospitalists and the hospital we work in have an interest in moving the patients through at the appropriate pace and where we feel like the hospital has log jams, you know, we can't get a patient to the skilled nursing facility on a Saturday, the radiology department isn't moving quickly, whatever it is, can't get a patient appointment with a primary care doc, the hospital listens. And so in places where this works well, I think it's actually been quite nice in that you have hospital administrators and this new set of doctors collaborating to try to make things appropriately efficient. There is always the risk that the hospital will push too hard, and we'll look only at efficiency and not look at quality. So far, I think that's gone okay, in part because there's such a huge national demand for hospitalists that if doctors find themselves in a situation where they feel like they're being inappropriately pushed to do the wrong thing, it's pretty easy for them to say on Friday, I'm out of here, and they've got a perfectly good new job across town on Monday. So, so far, so good. You're listening to ReachMD XM233, the channel for medical professionals. I am Dr. Bill Rutenberg, and my guest today is Dr. Robert Wachter, Associate Chairman of the Department of Medicine of the University of California in San Francisco. We are discussing hospital medicine and the new specialty of hospitalists. I think we all agree that getting it right the first time is the way it should be done. And I heard a number of years ago value described as quality plus satisfaction divided by cost. So all these three parameters are very, very important. With the expertise being garnered by hospitalists and the, I believe the number is up to about 15,000 hospitalists nationally, do you think there'll be an American board of hospital medicine? First of all, it, we're up to 20,000, believe it or not. It seems like every time I blink, it goes up by another 5,000. The American Hospital Association just finished its most recent survey and estimates there are now 20,000 hospitalists. That's the same size as emergency medicine and as cardiology, and the field is only 10 years old, so it's, it's staggering. I'm on the board of the American Board of Internal Medicine, and we've spent the last year trying to answer exactly that question. And I think where we are going, at least from the internal medicine side, is to create or at least attempt to create some sort of recognition of focused practice in hospital medicine, not a distinct board, but a way that, in this case, a general internist who was a practicing hospitalist, when they recertified, they would recertify essentially as a hospitalist with their quality improvement work and their tests being focused in hospital medicine and having less ambulatory content. And, of course, in parallel, the idea would be to create a similar pathway for the ambulatory-only internists, which now, of course, you know, tens of thousands of internists in the country now no longer come to the hospital. Do you think that the hospitalist movement can be looked at as much as an economic model as it is a patient safety model or patient care model? In part, I think it's fair to say that the hospitalist field would not have emerged and certainly would not have grown the way it did if there was not pressure coming from some party, and in this case mostly from hospitals, to figure out ways to expedite hospitalizations. And, and so the early hospitalist groups were really formed in large part because of the sense and then later evidence that having hospitals would cut length of stay and hospital costs significantly, often 15 to 20 percent. I'm looking at the big corporations. IPC is a hospitalist company in North Hollywood, California. 
employing at least 500 doctors in 200 hospitals in 14 states, expecting to add, according to the article I read, 300 doctors in the next year. The Blackstone Group, a private equity firm, has purchased Team Health. Again, it sounds to me like we have medical care being dictated by business. As a friend said, the only doctors practicing medicine today have PhDs in accounting. <laughs> Every time that a new field emerges, the same thing happened with emergency medicine, and, and there are radiology groups run by corporate entities, that there will be undue corporate influence. You know, Most hospitalists in the country practice as independent groups or work for the hospitals. I think where the field is going, as hospitalist groups have emerged and as the field has emerged, it comes at a time where we are now caring deeply. I wish we had cared before we had to, but we are now caring deeply about measurable quality, measurable safety. And so hospitalists are being tasked quite appropriately, not just with efficiency in care, but improving the quality of care, improving the reliability, improving the systems in teaching settings, improving medical education. And so I think most of that's good, and most of it's happening in the right way. What the right organizational structure to manage large groups of physicians, I think is sort of anybody's guess. And I have some concerns, as it sounds like you might, about having these run by big corporate entities and and backed by venture capital, because sometimes that will push toward too much of a bottom line mentality. On the other hand, you know, whoever can create and manage these groups so that they do what they're supposed to be doing, which is produce the highest quality, safest, most satisfying care and do that efficiently, is probably going to win the game. Could you give us some hard data, again, in preparing to talk with you, It seems like other than finding that a hospitalist-managed patient goes home a half a day sooner and saves five to $700, what's the current hard data about the other impact of hospitalists? It's a little bit lacking. There are some studies that are going to come out soon but aren't quite ready for prime time on the quality front. Could you share some ideas? Here's what the things we know. We know that hospitalists do improve efficiency on the order of what you just read. We know that in multiple, multiple studies, they don't harm quality and don't harm patient satisfaction. And that may seem like damning with faint praise, but certainly one of the concerns would be you're sending grandma out of the hospital quickly and she's going to be unhappy or her family's going to be unhappy or her rate of readmissions is going to be higher or her mortality rate is going to be higher. No study has shown those concerns yet. And a couple of studies have actually shown significant decreases in hospital mortality rates. How about return to hospital readmission? No difference. No difference. And interestingly, that was a concern. Certainly, if you're sending someone home a half a day earlier, the concern would be, are you just squeezing the balloon and patients are going to get readmitted? Or are you sending all the patients to a skilled nursing facility, whereas they, you know, if they stayed an extra day, they could have gone home? All of the studies that look at that show no increase in readmission rate, and one big study showed a decrease, and no change in the ultimate destination. It's not that hospitals send patients to institutions more than home as compared to primary care doctors or to traditional academic attending. So the evidence so far is strongly positive on the overall value equation. I personally believe that they should improve quality. I can't really see why they wouldn't, but I don't think the data is strong enough to make that statement yet. I asked the question, how does Adam Smith and Francis Peabody jive? David Meltzer wrote an article, he's from the University of Chicago, regarding hospitalists as specialists, and that would sort of be the Adam Smith side of it, and Francis Peabody, the doctor-patient relationship. How do you see these two meld? It's a fascinating Venn diagram, and I think you got it right, that in many ways, the hospitalist is a site-defined generalist specialist, which is a huge mouthful, but what it says is that the idea we always had in American medicine was the primary care doc would follow the patients in the hospital and have this generalist person to coordinate their care, 
who knows them and can kind of be the orchestra conductor during this complex hospitalization. What happened over the last 20 or 30 years is primary care docs got so busy in the office and hospitalization became such an infrequent event that you now had a vacuum. When the primary care doc was responsible for the hospital care, in fact, he or she couldn't be there for 10 hours a day, and the patient was being managed by this roving band of subspecialists with nobody really being the orchestra conductor. I want to thank Dr. Robert Wachter, who has been my guest, and we have been discussing hospitalists in the burgeoning specialty of hospital medicine. I am Dr. Bill Rutenberg and would like to leave you with the following thought from Dr. William Osler. It is much more important to know what sort of patient has a disease than what sort of disease a patient has. You've been listening to the Clinician's Roundtable on ReachMD, XM233, the channel for medical professionals. For comments and questions, send your email to xm at reachmd.com. Thank you for listening. I wish you good day and good health.